Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Choose the people around you wisely. Choose your team wisely. And have the courage. Have the courage to put you first when you're doing that. It's intercepted. Picked up by Alex Molden. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran. And now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Hello, welcome once again to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. Um, once again, I want to thank each and every one of you for, for listening to the podcast. I hope that you guys will, will rate, give me a rating, and subscribe to it so you can get uh, updates on whenever we drop. We tend to drop our, uh, our podcast episodes every Tuesday. Um, so we'd love for you to be able to subscribe, rate, and review. So my guest this week is Rob Vaca. He's the director of player engagement at Signature Pro. He helps out former NFL players and athletes. And what he does and how he helps them is a lot of us, at some point, you realize that it's not what you do, but what you believe and why you believe it. And with Rob and his team, he helps players start to figure out what their meaning and what their purpose is. He's helped out players like Larry Fitzgerald. He's helped out Ray Lewis and Malcolm Jenkins, all superstar athletes. He helps them with with mentoring and fundraising and charities. But him and his team also, they do a great job with helping them understand life 
business and finances. And so, you know, as athletes, we get accustomed to coaching. And what his team does is they coach in life, business, and in finances. And he does this for a small group of families and players. And they're helping change the script and what these pro athletes deal with on a day-to-day basis. My man, Rob, man, welcome to the Shark Effect. Thanks for being a guest, my man. It is a great pleasure, Alex, to be on your show. I've been looking forward to it, and, and I'm just grateful you have me here. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, I get inspired, man. That's what I, I kind of wake up for. I love being inspired and uh, or inspired. And, um, you know, because of a good friend of mine uh, connecting me with you, Tommy Breedlove, I was like, man, let me reach out to him. And then we kind of struck up a conversation. We've been kind of conversating ever since then for the past couple of months. And just, I was like, man, I want to have you on. So, uh, you know, when saying that, uh, tell my listeners a little bit about Rob Vaca. So it's Vaca. Vaca, like. Like the like, drink. Like, like the drink. Okay, Rob. It is. Uh, it's almost five o'clock and it's always five o'clock somewhere. So somebody raise a glass, get yourself your vodka. I don't spell it that way. It's V-A-K-A. But, you know, I, it's interesting. I've had a, a very, very um, interesting journey that I'm grateful for. And I believe that an interesting journey does not include only wins it doesn't include uh, only comfort. It doesn't include only good times. It includes a lot of twists and turns, and it includes overcoming adversity. It includes learning and growth, and it includes plenty of failure along the way. So fast forward from you know a few years back, because uh, you and I are mature gentlemen at this point. We're dads. We... Um, we're on our, you know, third rodeo maybe. And so we've, we've kind of seen, seen them some things and learned, but about a decade ago, I met Larry Fitzgerald at a charity event. He and I became friendly. We have worked together in a few different capacities and I began to build relationships inside the NFL with players, coaches, uh, and a lot of other folks that surround the sport. I myself played college football I have a 15-year-old son who's a rising sophomore in high school who's a wide receiver who loves the sport, and I am passionate about the game and the men who play the game. So that's the backdrop for where we're going to get to. I've been an entrepreneur. I've been a philanthropist. Some of the things that are interesting along the way, I started a charity about four years ago with Ray Lewis, the legendary Hall of Fame linebacker, and John Brankus the face founder uh, and creator of ESPN Sports Science to help bring more hope to people that need it. And that's another twist and turn right along the way. And all that to say that what I do is I help professional athletes and entrepreneurs navigate, grow, and protect their financial world. I help them extend and expand their business network. I help them navigate the perils that life and relationships off the field or court or business playing field can bring. And I help them build their charity and philanthropy footprints. Those are the areas that along the way have been important to me and, and I've learned and, and grown in. 
Mm, I love that, man. That's right. So did you find that passion or did that fi- or, or did that fashion or that passion find you? That's a really great question. And I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that. And the reality is it, it really was like two worlds colliding, meaning I love uh, helping people. I just do. I love creating things and building things. I love sport. I love competing. I love business. And at the same time, it's those experiences really in those different areas, not together in those different areas that ultimately collided when I woke up and said, wow, I've been an entrepreneur. I've started businesses. I've I've worked with a lot of professional athletes because they've either invested in a business or they participated in a business or been a client in one of one of the businesses that I was involved in. And I woke up and said, wow, I cannot believe that there's so many men who play the sport, whether it's football or baseball or basketball, and their career comes to an abrupt end. They have an identity crisis. Oh, I'm they, raising my hand. I'm raising they, my hand. There you go. You've experienced it. So you can talk to it. They've sort of hit a wall and weren't ready. They weren't ready to leave what they were doing. They thought maybe they were good enough or at the top of their game. They thought they were ready for a second or third contract. And somebody told them that's it for you. And that brings a lot of negativity and potential for bad to a man who has been an achiever. So I don't care if you are a professional athlete, a CEO, an entrepreneur, or an Uber driver. I'm going to presume that you've done what you need to do to prepare yourself to be the best. When somebody tells you, hey, you're fired, it's over, and you don't have another option in that field, for example, football, when an NFL player retires, most NFL players actually right are being retired by someone else. Most NFL players don't raise their hand and say, you know what? I played 13 seasons. This was a hell of a ride. I got $100 million in the bank. I'm going to call a press conference today, and I'm going to announce to the world that I'm transitioning to open my own empire with Magic Johnson. Doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen. So what happens is guys are playing. They pour everything they got into the sport. They do not live for what's next, and that's fine but they don't really plan for what's next in a lot of cases. And so without a plan for what's next, when this abrupt ending occurs, challenges pop up, right? Whether it's mental health, anxiety, depression, marital issues, money issues, that's really the, the impetus for the stories you hear about NFL players or athletes going broke, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I have a, you know, with this question is because I went through it and I'm interested to hear your take on it is why is it that these, these athletes, these people who have, who have uh, had this dream job and this, or this dream career. And I mean, you already hit it on it, but, you know, because they poured so much of themselves to reach it. What is, do, what do you find is the kind of common denominator of why this happens? Is it something in their character? Is it something that 
because they've 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 had this type of success and people who are maybe close to them have told them that hey keep going keep going with this but then once you know their talent or somebody you know says that like you said they're not good enough you can't do this anymore you know you have to find something else what is like that common denominator that you see man this is this is it all these athletes all these different people who are who are in this elevated position this very um sought after career and you can't do it anymore what is that common denominator i have a lot of data points and i have dozens of conversations with guys like you over the last decade to sort of back up my thoughts on this i think there's a variety of different factors that come into play one of the factors is routine let me tell you what I mean by routine. Your son is going to find out that the NFL is a supersized extension of his time in college at the University of Washington, right? Mm -hmm. What he's going to find is he's going to be told where to be, when to be there. He's going to be likely fed, housed, done a lot of different uh, a lot of different routines are going to be developed for him so that he merely has to, in some cases, robotically show up and perform, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this routine approach sets guys up for potential failure later on after they leave the league because there is no routine. There is no coach. There is no feedback loop. There is no grading on performance and play as a player, you're being graded for your practice performance. You're being graded for your game performance. You're being uh, told what time the meetings are. You're being told what time you got to show up at the facility. Some guys get there earlier. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but you have this real, real ingrained routine at some point in your life, you're no longer going to have that routine. And now you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. And I think that leads into three areas that I think guys maybe overlook. And I think one is mindset. Two is what I call alignment. And three is the concept of interesting. So really quickly, everybody talks about mindset, right? Mindset, mindset, positive mindset, winning mindset, abundance mindset. The challenge is, very few people have the tools to get to that mindset. There's a big difference between saying have a positive mindset and actually taking action to get yourself into a positive mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's gratitude. It starts with gratitude. You're going to complain if things don't go your way or are you going to live in a gratitude mindset? Are you going to live with the belief that there's abundance and possibility, or are you going to live with envy? Meaning you're in the league now, right? There's going to be guys flying private. There's going to be guys in Rolls Royce convertibles. There's going to be guys with beach houses and you're just coming in the league. So are you going to be grateful and live in an abundance mentality? Or are you going to be pulled to, Hey, I really need that. I need that. And maybe I need that and I should try that. Now this guy's a 10 year vet, right? He's on his third deal. Mm -hmm. So 
there's this comparison thing that goes on. So you have to try to avoid that. You got to, you got to fight through adversity, right? There's no easy wins in the NFL. There's no easy wins. And, and lastly, when it comes to mindset, I just think we live in a world that is instant gratification. The microwave oven is too slow. Absolutely. It used to be real fast. Now it's too slow. And I think that for all of us, we got to understand inexperience in new things will lead to ultimate failure, correction, failure, correction to the point you get to what I call situationally fluent. So when you're a 10 year player or an eight year player or seven year player and you're back at safety or corner, you know, offensive sets like it's the back of your hand. You know what that receiver is going to do. You know that you're going to try to get tricked. You know the quarterback's going to try to look you off. When you're a rookie, you may not understand those, those things. And it's okay. It is okay that you've got to fail to get to situational fluency. So I think those concepts and mindset, the concept of alignment, building a team of people around you who can help make you better, make you smarter, make you more educated. If you're running with a group of people and you're the smartest person with that group, that's not good for you. Mm -hmm. You want to surround yourself with people who can build you up, who can help you learn, who can educate you and protect you and help you grow off the field. Because so many of these guys are like your son. They're, they're 22 years old. You know, I talked to a mom last week about her son who was entering the, uh, the league, getting into the draft before the draft. And I said, tell me about your son, like describe him. And she said, he's a 21 year old, 12 year old. And I said, what is that? What do you mean? Well, he's not been exposed to a lot of the things he's about to be exposed to. So when I say alignment, choose the people around you wisely, choose your team wisely and have the courage, have the courage to put you first when you're doing that. And here's what I mean by you first, not a selfish thing, Don't do things for everybody else. Don't make decisions for everybody else trying to please everybody. You got to get you right because once you get you right, you can help a lot of other people in life. But if you don't, if you don't get you right, you are going to continue to fail in different areas and roles, whether it's being a father or a football player or a son of God or a child of God or a philanthropist or a brother or sister or spouse, whatever role you're playing. Mm. And when you say, you know, get your team together, you mean team off the field, That's like right. your team of advisors, whether it's your financial person, uh, somebody that can help you with, um, you know, career opportunities off the field. Is that what you're talking about? I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. It's your agent. It's your financial advisor. Yeah. It's maybe a mentor. It's it's a group of people who really has your best interest in mind. And you got to sniff that out. Not every financial advisor, not every agent, not every mentor has your best interest in mind. And you have to sniff, you got to have the courage to go deep and sniff that out. And, and the last thing, right, is that on, on, on the concept of interesting, I think too many of us on the planet are more, um, are more focused on being interesting than being interested. So, You got to be interested. You got to ask questions. You got to ask questions on top of the questions. You got to get clarity. Lack of clarity is the dream killer. Absolutely, man. So I'm just, you know, I'm taking notes. Um, 
And one of the things that you that you just said, well, a couple of things. So I'm thinking about me, right? Me needing somebody or a team outside of, so I have my agent, I have my financial advisor, but um, had some, you know, uh, had a mentor that was on the team, right? That was on the football team that I was with, but it would have been phenomenal to have somebody that could, um, not not one of my homeboys, not one of my 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 people that was around me that was uh, telling me everything that I wanted to hear. It would have been really cool if I had somebody that could just tell me the truth. Yeah. How am I showing up? The things that I'm saying, the things that I'm doing, is it in alignment with who I want to be as an as Alex? I didn't have that. There were so many people around me, people I loved, but they told me um, the stuff that I wanted to hear, or they just ignored. They didn't tell me about these other pitfalls that was like, hey, you know, you acting this way, you know, you talking this way, you're being around this this group, you're going to be you're going to be seen in a light that you might not want to be in. Are you sure you want to go down this road? I think, man, having a mentor is, is, is one of the best things that somebody, I don't care what position you're in, I don't care if you play a sport, if you don't, having a mentor is something that I wish I would have done when I was, if, if I was in my 20s, even if I was in my 30s, it would have been phenomenal. Most, most guys that I talk to say what you just said. And look, the reality is, I would argue that whether you're an NFL player a baseball player, a banker, an accountant, a lawyer, an Uber driver, a restaurant worker. It doesn't matter. We all, right, we're all trying, hopefully, to grow. We're all trying to become better. We're all trying to live with purpose. We're all trying to gain, again, what I call situational fluency, where we can be really good, really authentic, and really purposeful at what we're doing. And the challenge for, for all of us, and particularly for pro athletes, is when you're 22 years old and somebody comes to you and says, you're going to make a base salary of $610,000 at 22, and you're going to get a signing bonus of 500, 600, 800, a million, million two, two million, five million, whatever the signing bonus is based upon where you're drafted. A lot of this stuff that we're talking about seems like uh, something we can put off. Nah, look, I'm going to get my bag. I got to get the bag first. I'm secure in the bag. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a ball. I'm going to play. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to start. We're going to win a bunch of games, man. Maybe we're going to get in the playoffs. I'm going to get another check. And it's just this kick the can down the road mentality that I understand because when I was 22 or 23 or 24 or 25 or 26, I, I didn't want to work, do this work either. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do it. But yeah. to your point, if you could just write a letter to, you know, to your older self now at 22 and say, who do I want to be? These mm-hmm. things could really help you. Mm, absolutely. And I think, you know, it starts with, like you said, being interesting or uh, interesting, but being interested. And when you ask yourself questions, I didn't ask myself questions. I just let everything just kind of come. 
I didn't ask myself questions about myself and who I wanted to be, how I want to be viewed. I didn't ask myself, I didn't even ask my question like what I liked outside of football and fishing or playing golf. <laughs> That's about as deep as it went. And then what hit me that, that started this whole turnaround of the Alex Molden you see now is I was asked these questions by someone who didn't even know me. Yeah. And she asked me these questions about myself. And by the end of this conversation, it was actually it was a job interview that, you know, I, I, because I wanted to do something instead of just, you know, playing golf and lifting weights after I retired, had money in the bank. But I went, you know, for this job interview for a nonprofit and I was hit with these questions. And, you know, I, I tell my story about like that was the most embarrassed I've ever felt in my life when I didn't have the answers to these questions she was asking me. And so now, you know, now I make it a habit of asking myself different questions. How do I want to respond? How do I want this to affect me and my kids? I, I constantly am asking myself questions. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, that's perfect. Like one of your, your four sound like pillars. It's interesting. Or is it not being, being be, interested? Be, be interested. Be interested. Interesting. I had it backwards. Yeah. If be you're interested. interesting, that'll take care of itself. Don't be focused on being interesting. Got it. I think a lot of cats are. A lot of cats. I agree. Focus on the, um, Look, I, I, I really. This is a conundrum, and I recognize how difficult this is because it's it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. It's easy to step up to this mic at age 53 being a cancer survivor, having two kids, having one wife, having started charities or businesses, having gone through a lot of situations, having have a lot of experience by the time you're 53, if you participate and you're purposeful. So I, I say what I say respectfully and humbly because I was I wouldn't have understood these concepts at concepts at 25 or 29 or even 30. You know, I, I, I'll never forget. One of my best buddies, I moved to Atlanta because of him in 1998. I, when I moved down to Atlanta from New Jersey, I, I spent a lot of time with him. We were, we, I was living at his house until I bought a house. And I remember sitting one night with he and his dad, and I might've been, I might've been 31. And we were having a glass of wine and we were doing great in business and we were on top of the world. And I remember his dad just looking over at us and saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. You should feel good about where you're at at this point in your life. But I'm just telling you, you don't really know a lot until you're 35 or older. You just, I'm just telling you right now that you're going to wake up 10 years from now and you're going to go, what the hell was I doing? What was I talking about? What was I focused on? And you know what? He's 100% right. Again, that's not disrespect to anybody who's, sub 30 or sub 35. That's no disrespect. That's just, you will go through what I call rooms. You will get into rooms, meaning situations. You'll mm -hmm. go through adversity, right? I tell people all the time, look, I physically had cancer, but everybody by the time they get into their forties has had a cancer, meaning you may deal with a death in your family. You may deal with a divorce. 
You may deal with a business or financial loss. You may deal with problems with your children. You're going you're gonna to go through some form of a cancer that attacks you. The question is, have you done the work to prepare? Because it's not going to be easy. And will you still be able to maintain that mindset? Will you be able to be joyful? Because I think there's a big difference between joy and happiness, and most people don't get it. Mm. And what's the difference between joy and happiness? I think I know the answer, but... Joy, in my view and experience, comes from the practice of being grateful. And in my case, loving God and having faith and believing that God has given me grace for the mistakes I've made and not beating myself up over and over again for the past or whatever mistakes I make. And again, being living with gratitude, being grateful for the opportunities, the moments, the meaningful moments, being just grateful. And that breeds joy, that breeds deep joy. I was in an accident two weeks ago. I was stopped at a light with my family after church and a teenager, a 17 year old rear ended us. It shook up my daughter so much. She was like hyperventilating, crying. She was so upset. And I remember in that moment, I get out of the car. The teenager does not even say he's sorry. He doesn't say, is everybody okay? Guy's father comes. He doesn't ask if everybody's okay. In fact, he's trying to make small talk with me. And I remember in that moment thinking, you know what? I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy. But I have joy and I have faith that this is going to work out. It'll be fine. Car's messed up. Nobody's hurt beyond belief, right? I'm grateful that I, that I have the opportunity to, to, to even be here and we'll get through this. So I'm joyful. I'm not happy. That's totally fine because happy is external factors bringing you short-term smiles, feeling, happiness, emotions that make you feel good, right? Happiness mm-hmm. is you feel good. Joy's a different, deeper, deeper thing that is very hard to penetrate. Mm, I like that, going deep. Um, tell me some of the things, man, with, uh, you know, with yourself and then, you know, talking about the, the, the people who you work with, what makes you and them high achievers? Yeah, so it's, it's really fun for me because, as I like to say, I work with sports' highest paid and most known recognizable athletes, and I work with rookies and players that most people don't know. I work with people that make league minimum in terms of money, and I work with guys that have $50 million guaranteed on their contract. And so my mission is to help, as I said, is to help lead this team of, of people that pours in into athletes and entrepreneurs and helps bring really three areas of their life into synchronicity. Relationships, be it personal or business. Money, be it the money they're saving, the money they need for the future, everything in their financial world. And then finally, what they do, the business they do, how they earn a living, how they derive uh, the joy of getting results, right? And I think too many people push those aside into different buckets. I try with my team, I've got a team of tremendous financial advisors, two guys who 
are they're just the best on the planet at what they do. I'm not a financial advisor. As I said, I've, I've been an entrepreneur and a philanthropist, a ch charity guy, and I help the player as a life coach, a business coach, and a charity coach, and a mentor. And this team, this sort of three-pronged approach is magic because most guys have a financial advisor that just sort of manages their assets and invests it for them. Then they have um, probably nobody who's formally talking to them about mindset, about building business relationships, about the kinds of tools that I talked about earlier and preparing them for a journey in life off the field. Mm, yeah, I like that. And, and so what would you tell, like, let's say, um, somebody who's coming towards the end of their career and man, they're, they're thinking about life after their sport. What would you tell, and, and it, you know, they want to have, they have this entrepreneurial spirit and what would you, what would you tell them? What would be the steps for them to kind of start to transition out of their sport? Is there a, a great formula? Question. It's a great question. And my, my first response is I would be interested. I'd ask a lot of questions. So tell me what like gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? What, how important are results? How important is money? How important is, are the different roles in your life? Have you thought about the roles that you play in your life outside of being a professional athlete? Have you thought about what it means to be a dad? Have you thought about what it means to be a spouse? Have you thought about what it means to be a child of God, if that's important to you? Hopefully it is. Have you thought about philanthropy? Have you thought about your role as, as a giver? And if you don't have a game plan, in each of these key, I have four key roles. If you don't have a game plan in each of the four key roles, you're going to struggle. And I think the big issue for athletes is they think that they have time. They think that, well, I'm going to retire. I'll take like two, three years. But I have guys who will tell you that two, three years turns into five years, turns into six years, and that wears on your psyche. If you're a pro athlete, you are an achiever. If you're a pro athlete, you're a results person. If you're a pro athlete, you need feedback and interaction. And a lot of guys have told me what I would do over again is during my playing days, when I'm at a team event, when I'm at a charity event, when I'm out, instead of staying in the corner with my two boys and kind of, kind of turning the cold shoulder to all the people that were at the event, like I didn't want to talk to them because I was tired from practice or whatever, I would have sought out CEOs. I would have spent time with entrepreneurs. I would have built relationships with people who now could pour into me. I would have built out like my Rolodex or my LinkedIn or my phone to align not with people who might be car dealers or and nothing, no, no problem with car dealers or nightclub owners or restaurant owners, but those are probably not the people who are going to perpetuate your career after you leave the game, unless you want to be John Elway and open a string of car dealerships or uh, you want to open a, a string of restaurants. You got to start getting with technology guys. You got to start getting with CEOs. You got to get with men and women who are moving and shaking and can help put you in a position to succeed after you play football, just like your coach 
did while you were on the field. Mm, I love that, man. And I was, I, you see, I started smiling when you said going to these different events and, you know, I was in the corner, you know, with a couple of the other players or, or my homeboys and wasn't that um, um, interested in creating these different relationships. And I'm also smiling because that's exactly what I've told my son, Elijah, and w- when he was up at UW. And I said, man, you don't understand like the type of connection that you have. You are, you, you can get CEOs. You can get CEOs, you can get very important executives in any industry. You can, you can be able to reach out to, you probably get their cell number and you can shoot them a text or an email and they will respond to you. I said, that is super important because you don't want to be, you know, a, a 40, a 48 year old cat, you know, who's trying to figure things out and said, man, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to call this guy. And you never talked with them before. You never interacted with him before. And, and then it becomes transactional. So, and, and he's been, um, he is my son. I mean, he's, you know, he's not transactional at all. He's created these different relationships. And I said, man, just continue to cultivate that. And it sounds like I'm, I've done the right, <laughs> pretty close to doing Absolutely. the right thing. Absolutely. No, let me clap, a little clap for you, dad, because <laughs> the greatest thing you could teach your son in terms of building relationships is exactly what you're teaching him. Because I have told my two kids, they, they know it now. They're, I think they're, they're kind of tired of me saying it. I say to them all the time, it's not what you know. It's who both you know. of them, you say, <laughs> who you know, who knows you, and who you pour into. It's not just enough to say it's who you know. That's not enough. It is all about who you know, who knows you, and who you pour into. C.J. Anderson, who's played in three of the last six Super Bowls at running back out of your league, out of Cal, is a guy that I absolutely love. He and I have known each other for a while. We have worked together. I just I love this guy because he is dying to learn. He always he's the guy who absolutely is is interested versus wants to be interesting. And he and I had a conversation. I, I, I won't forget it. I was, he asked me the question that you just did about what, you know, what do you do to prepare? What's the best thing you could do? And I said, I, CJ, I would go to LinkedIn. I would look up 10 CEOs of technology companies in the Silicon Valley and around the Bay Area because he's from Vallejo in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. And I would send them a note. I would also send to their office a handwritten note from you on letterhead you create and a mini helmet signed by you to the CEO. And here's why you do it. Because no other person on the planet is sending a note to a CEO of a technology company that's an NFL player with a signed helmet. I can guarantee it ain't happening. You'll be the first and they will be blown away and you will be off and running on a relationship. And he did it. And let me tell you what, the guys connected into a bunch of CEOs in Silicon Valley, and he will have a really good post career. He's out of the league now. He still loves coaching. He's, he's a great coach, but at some point he's going to be in business and people are going to know, like, and trust and respect him because he's investing in relationships. Mm, pouring into 
Man, Rob, I can talk to you all day, man. Um, how can my how can my listeners get more of you? Um, are you on social media? You have a website? Yes, I am on social media, and uh, hopefully, I didn't talk too much. Obviously, I'm passionate. I just no, I love that. I, <laughs> I love talking about this stuff. As I said, uh, I fail plenty, and um, you know, I would just I would leave people with failure's okay. It's okay to fail. Whoever came up with failure is not an option, was not playing the right game. Because uh, if you ever watch the NFL, which I know everybody does, right? Last I checked, 31 out of 32 teams failed in their last game. So failure is one step closer to, to success. You can find me on Instagram. It's at Rob Vaca, R-O-B-V as in Victor, A-K-A. Same name on LinkedIn. Same name on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I don't use it very much, but it's just my name. Mm, love it. Um, any, any lasting uh, things that you want to be able to like some, some golden nuggets of or principles that you live by that can give anybody um, a success, anybody like um, that higher achiever badge? Yeah. When you wake up in the morning, first thing you should do, in my opinion, is give thanks. Be grateful. Be grateful you woke up. Don't make the first thing you do uh, dread, anger, um, adversity. Don't think about what you have to do that day. Give thanks. Be grateful. But I would live by principles. Pick three pillars. My three pillars are attitude of gratitude, give more than I get, and build people up. Don't tear them down. I try to live every day like that. I don't always succeed. But if you have three pillars you will be further along than 98% of the population and you will set yourself up for a day that is meaningful and purposeful. And that would be my, my uh, parting wish for anybody listening. Mm, love that. Rob, hey, I got to have you on again. I appreciate your time and your, your, your insights. Um, and yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you sharing and pouring into us. Alex, I am, uh, I'm grateful to have found a new friend in you. And I just, I just want you to know I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever. If you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you i break it down i lay down the foundation of who you want to be i have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership which is influence and you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making that can help you with influencing others and how are you influenced i have chapters in there 
that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.